Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Reminder, right here at the top of the show, there will be no show on Friday. I'm out of town and actually going to my first ever professional pickleball tournament in Cincinnati to check it out with some friends. So excited to see that. And if you listen to the show, you know occasionally pickleball comes up and i think it's a growing deal here locally of course we know it's growing across the country just unbelievable the number of people getting into the sport interested in the sport and uh, the professional ranks pretty interesting there are some talented guys and i know they're going through a lot uh, with two different leagues at the professional level trying to figure stuff out but love pickleball so gotta take the opportunity to head to cincinnati tomorrow and check out uh, a professional pickleball tournament. should be a lot of fun. So if you play pickleball, I'd love to know. You can send a text, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. I've been beat up a little bit by some friends over this, and uh, I, I think there's more people out there that play than what maybe they realize. But definitely a growing deal. So anyhow, got our pickleball PSA out of the way. Welcome into our Thursday edition of the show. Let's look at the show lineup the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Fun show today. Segment one, news, notes, and headlines as we get ready for week two of college football. Um, obviously, Indiana and Indiana State in Bloomington this weekend. And that's important. It's a great game for Indiana. I love when they play in-state teams in football or basketball. Obviously, with Indiana State, there's a connection as well to the Mallory family. We'll talk some about that today. But really, you know, basketball drives the needle here on this show, and I feel like in this area. And so a lot of attention this weekend to all the details and how things play out with an unbelievable crop of recruits, potential recruits, on campus for Indiana this weekend to check things out. And we'll see. Does Indiana, shortly after this visit, a few weeks or a month from now, land Liam McNeely, I think it's possible. How does things go down the stretch with Derek Queen, another uh, Montverde player, as with McNeely from down in Florida, uh, where they play high school basketball? So big weekend ahead, as we've discussed, for Mike Woodson and the coaching staff. You can bet they will all be busy and have everything orchestrated to a T for these players and their families coming in for official visits. And you can bet the fans at the football game and at the tailgates and around Bloomington at some of the hot spots will be keyed in 
paying attention to see if they see one of the coaches maybe on a golf cart scooting through town with a recruit with him uh, or on the back of the golf cart. That's something that we've seen and heard about before, but definitely a big, big recruiting weekend for Indiana, and we'll get into that some today as well. Uh, so coming up, uh, we'll talk about all those things in our headline segment, and then later today we'll be joined by Alex Bozich. Our chat with Alex each week is presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, IU Basketball. We'll get into the recruiting weekend ahead for the Hoosiers. And then I'm excited about this. Later in the show, we're going to talk a little high school basketball and think ahead or dream ahead to the upcoming season with a great friend and a former coach in the area. His name is Steve Kerberg. You're probably familiar with him. Steve had a great run building up Christian Academy of Indiana, really turned the corner with that program, lots of success in the postseason. He's been an assistant at Jeff and New Albany over the years, and he's just somebody that's always around the game. And Steve, a week or so ago, agreed to be, once we get to high school basketball season, a regular visitor to this program. So we have another voice during the week to talk local sports with and to talk high school basketball with. And we had an opening later in the show today. I said, Steve, come on, let's talk about you know this important time for coaches here in the fall to get in some early preseason practices now that the IHSA allows that. Let's talk about some of the new coaches in the area. Let's talk about Jeff and Providence today, two of the big teams that we expect to have great years this upcoming season and kind of set the tone for high school hoops in Clark and Floyd counties. So Steve Kerberg, he's been on as a coach before. Today he'll make his debut as a friend of the program, and I'm proud to say he'll be with us throughout the season as we get there uh, to talk high school basketball, some of the key storylines and the top players each week. And Steve is just, he does a great job understanding the game, knowing the game, very connected to things in the area, and uh, glad he'll be a part of our program coming up today and in the future as well. Uh, That's the lineup. A service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Why not try Honey Baked Ham in New Albany for a delicious lunch? They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily. They will surely satisfy any craving you may have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. You can try them out today for lunch. That's our show lineup brought to you by Honey Baked Tam and the Thornton's text line. Love to hear from you. Predictions for the IU Indiana State game. Do the Hoosiers definitely win this one? I think so. Do they dominate this game? I think if you're an Indiana fan, knowing what's ahead on the schedule, you have to hope that the answer to that question is yes. But I'd love to know your predictions. And what do you think about recruiting? Who is the first recruit Indiana may land out of this group coming in this weekend and in some of the future weekends this month as well. The Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. I'd uh, love to hear from you. And the Thornton's text line always open during this hour. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller or only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and uh, send us a text. Let's get into some of the headlines today. Uh, First and foremost, a look at Indiana State and the Sycamores, obviously a connection to the Mallory family. We know that, a program that's had a lot of tie-ins to the IU football program 
over the years. But uh, Indiana State, they did struggle offensively in their season opener against Eastern Illinois. Uh, they were defeated in that game. So both Indiana and um, Indiana State come into the ball game looking for their first win of the season. I'll be honest, as I've read up a little bit here the last day or so on Indiana State, it's a game Indiana has to win. Indiana needs to win in dominant fashion to make any sort of statement and to prepare themselves for what's ahead with the rest of the Big Ten schedule. If this team is going to have any shot at bowl eligibility, any shot at making some noise and being a surprise team in the Big Ten Conference, there's no question you have to win and dominate Indiana State and Akron. And Louisville, I'm going to be really interested in the Louisville game tonight. Uh, I think Louisville's a solid team. I think they'll win, uh, as Indiana should, fairly handily over Murray State in this Thursday night game. But want to learn more about Louisville and who they are as a team. We saw two different halves from Louisville last week. A bad start against Georgia Tech and then a really good second half where they came back, tied the game, took the lead, went on to fairly much dominate that second half of play. So which Louisville team is it? Who are they? Could Indiana compete with and win that game in week three of the college football season? That's going to be a fun one, and that's going to be a really big and pivotal early season game for the Hoosiers in advance of conference play. So I'm going to be paying attention to that game tonight. I'm sure a lot of locals will just because it's U of L. We always pay attention to IU, U of L, and Kentucky. But a little bit more attention tonight because of the upcoming Indiana Louisville football game at Indiana State. Also, I saw this um, a little earlier and was really surprised by this, but Indiana and Ohio State. Uh, that game on Saturday broke CBS's viewership records as the most watched week one game in 25 years. So, again, I know it's early season football. I know it's the Ohio State. I know the Buckeyes predicted in the Big Ten and nationally to have a good year. We'll see how that plays out for them. But uh, surprised to see that it set that kind of record. I know people are hungry for college football at this early juncture of the season, but definitely interested to see uh, the numbers that came in for that early game uh, feature Indiana and Ohio State. One thing, if it was Ohio State and another football power in college football, but a little surprised to see that report come out after it was Indiana and Ohio State on Saturday. Also, another note to mention, a couple basketball things. The Big Ten has announced that they will not expand the basketball schedule, the conference schedule, beyond 20 games per season. There was some question with that, with USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington State coming into the conference, but uh, it will stay the same, 20 conference games per season as it is now. Uh, so that is interesting. A lot of people wondered, would it increase some Obviously, from a conference perspective, I think probably increasing the games is a good deal. But from a non-conference games and opportunities to be showcased in some of these events that are out there, like the Empire State Classic, which we'll talk about here in just a second, it would really jam up Big Ten teams if they jumped over that 20-game conference mark when it comes to taking advantage of some other opportunities out there. Plus, as you know, in college basketball, You've got the buy games, the money games, where you play the lesser opponents. 
you tune your squad up, you pay them a lot of money to come to your home court, and you hope take a beat down in most cases. We've went through the numbers that Indiana has paid out in recent years to some of the mid-major or low-major Division One schools. Heck, occasionally even a you know Division Two or NAIA school for an exhibition or an early season game. They get some real money to come and do that stuff, and obviously those are tune-up games for some of the big non-conference games that will happen once you get into late November and early December. But, uh, yeah, 20 games will be the maximum, will maintain the maximum for Big Ten basketball, uh, even with the addition of the four West Coast teams coming into the conference next season. Speaking of the Empire Classic, the Gazelle group that uh, runs the Empire Classic and organizes all of that, They've already announced uh, television designations and tip times for this year's event at Madison Square Garden in New York City. UConn and Indiana on November 19th will be on ESPN and will be a 1 o'clock tip-off. And then, of course, after that game, also on ESPN, you'll get Louisville, who will take on Texas. It is a tournament format, so the winners will hook up the next day. The losers will also play in a consolation game. And kind of interesting, the uh, first-round games are during the day and on ESPN, and the championship games and consolation games are more toward the evening on November 20th, 4.30. Uh, the third-place game will take place, which will be on ESPNU, and at 7 o'clock, the championship game will take place, which will also be on ESPNU. So Indiana with a challenge against Connecticut. I think Louisville, given their struggles last season, they'll be trying to find themselves early in this uh, upcoming year. I think it's very possible, very possible, that Indiana and Louisville play at 4.30 on November 20th in the third-place game of the Empire Classic. We'll see. Maybe the Hoosiers can knock off the defending national champion. Maybe Louisville with some of these new additions will be ready to come out firing against a big program like Texas. But I do think, just based on you know the general thought, that there's a great chance of an Indiana-Louisville matchup in New York City on November 20th, and that game would be 430 on ESPNU. Uh, a couple other notes. Uh, this has been making the circuit, the rounds here uh, over the last few days, but there is going to be a Bob Knight bobblehead. Actually, two of them have been released and are now available to be ordered by the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame. One is Coach Knight with his uh, chair, uh, and the other is Coach Knight in his red top standing up doing some coaching. So if you're a collector of bobbleheads, two limited edition Bobby Knight bobbleheads coming uh, to the store. I think the items ship in December, but I believe someone said they're available to be ordered now. Uh, the standing bobblehead, $30. And I think the more popular one, just based on the photo, will be the chair-tossing bobblehead, as it is described, which will cost $40. And you can buy the set for a combined $65. So you can head to the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame store online if you want to add a couple Bobby Knight pieces to your bobblehead collection. I know a lot of people collect those things and get them at games, especially at Major League Baseball games, but you can uh, bobbleheads are everywhere nowadays, not just sports figures. They are across a lot of different things. A couple other notes, uh, or one other note I wanted to mention, uh, former IU football player Micah McFadden, I saw that he has been listed 
as a week one starter at linebacker for the New York Giants. For So good for McFadden getting an opportunity here early in the season for the Giants. And speaking of that, NFL football begins tonight. Hard to believe that finally we are through the preseason games. I am not a preseason game type, type of guy, especially in the NFL, but uh, the season is here and uh, games get underway tonight and this weekend and should be a lot of fun. I think tonight you've got Detroit and Kansas City, I believe. Is that right? I believe so. And then, of course, a number of games coming up this weekend, specifically Sunday. It's a jam-packed Sunday of NFL football coming this weekend. And I saw today that uh, Trey Singleton of Jeffersonville, Going to be a key player in our area as far as high school basketball goes this season. He is set to take a visit to Bellarmine today. So Trey Singleton has begun to bring in some Division I scholarship offers, IUPUI, Western Carolina, Valpo, and Furman uh, have been in contact. Uh, Richmond, Western Carolina, and IUPUI have all offered. I think the most recent offer that Singleton had was from Western Carolina, but it sounds like he will be taking a visit to the Bellarmine campus today. I know Bellarmine is very active, again, recruiting some local guys, which is no surprise if you've followed the uh, map that Scotty Davenport has used as he's built that program up uh, in Louisville. But, yeah, Trey Singleton on the Bellarmine campus for a visit coming up. Uh, today. That's a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. He'll join us in the next segment. That chat with Alex each week is brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. We'll, we will talk IU basketball and recruiting and get ready for a big, big weekend with a lot of key targets coming in town for this Indiana coaching staff to wine and dine and tour around the campus, and the basketball program, and, of course, the city of Bloomington. Stay with us for that. We'll head to a break. Alex is next. Steve Kerberg going to join later in the program as we talk the uh, preseason high school basketball. Never too early here in southern Indiana to talk a little hoops, and Coach Kerberg will join us today to get things underway as we look ahead to what the season could look like here in Clark and Floyd counties. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Thursday edition of the program. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is always with us in this segment. We talk IU basketball each week. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. They've got two in downtown New Albany and their newest location. It's on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Alex, uh, as we get ready for week two in the college football season and a must-win game at home against mid-major Indiana State on the football field, 
It is going to be a humongous weekend where football will be the backdrop of all the recruiting, the basketball recruiting activities that go on. You have covered IU hoops and recruiting for a long time. Can you recall a bigger weekend for a coaching staff as big as this one is as far as key seniors being on campus together? Uh, it's, that's a tough question, Matt, because there's been a ton of big recruiting weekends over the year. I mean, over the years, uh, it'd be hard for me to say that it's the biggest, but it's definitely up there. You know, I, I feel like sometimes we uh, just kind of get caught up in the moment with these things and are, are quick to call it the biggest weekend ever or things like that. But uh, it, it's definitely um, important because of the effort that Indiana has really put in to this class and the time spent that they've done with 2024. Um, you know, they've put in quite a bit of um, resources and time to recruit many of these players, particularly in McNeely, and um, without a commitment right now in the 2024 class and really kind of needing to get the ball rolling there sooner rather than later. It's definitely uh, a pivotal weekend. Not sure I would go as far as calling it uh, the biggest because uh, the, there was obviously uh, a lot over the years, some Hoosier hysterias that had a ton of visitors. I mean, I can remember the weekend they had uh, Romeo Langford and, and Darius Garland. I mean, that's two lottery picks on campus. So uh, th- there's been weekends over the years that have been huge. I mean, even going back to the Tom Crean era, there were, there were several uh, as well, but but this is in terms of Mike Woodson's tenure so far. Uh, it's it's at the top of the list because uh, there's there's obviously been uh, some some time and uh, a lot of effort put in on on these guys, and they really uh, the recruiting board kind of starting to shrink down a little bit. I mean, when, when I, I think I first published it back in the in the spring. He had 17 or 18 names, and it's down to, what, seven or eight now. So uh, time is, is of the essence, and Indiana really needs to, to get one, if not more, of these guys um, in, in the kind of in the fold to get the ball rolling with this class. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Liam McNeely is a key feature this weekend that's going to be on campus. There have been mentions that Indiana might be where he leans, but he did add a few additional visits, one to Kansas that happened last week and one to Texas that's coming up later in the month. Any read on his recruitment? Uh, Obviously still one visit to Texas ahead after the IU visit this weekend, but do you have a feel for things with Liam McNeely? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with any of the information that's kind of been put out there calling Indiana the leader for him. That seems like Indiana is really, you know, at one point you probably would have looked at it and thought it was Indiana or Texas, uh, and maybe Texas had a slight advantage. But that was back early before the coaching change, um, you know, when, when Chris Beard was dismissed. Uh, last season, uh, I think that changed some things with his recruitment. Obviously, he's from Texas, and so there's some natural ties there. And you know, the idea of maybe playing closer to home could be appealing. But Indiana really has been the steady presence uh, throughout his recruitment. They've recruited him for as long and as hard as anybody. You know, they were they were at his game as much as they could be. He's already taken the junior year official visit last fall and then now to get him on campus again 
I think this is really just an opportunity to solidify themselves as the leader. Uh, he just took that official visit to Kansas, and then he's got, obviously, the Indiana visit and then a scheduled visit to Texas. I think Indiana's hoping they can just go ahead and uh, lock him up this weekend and, and potentially uh, you know, get him ready to commit here sooner rather than later. Who knows what will happen in terms of that. You know, if I was, We've talked about this before, Matt, but if I was any of these kids that you know, was a top 10, top 15 recruit, I wouldn't be in any rush to, to make a decision. I would let the process play out. I would take my visits. I would, you know, you only go through this process once. Uh, but some kids uh, don't like the process necessarily and get tired of it as time goes on, get tired of the calls from the coaches, get tired of calls from the media asking for interviews and want to go ahead and get it over with. So I guess we'll find out what kind of how he views the process and, uh, you know, where Indiana stands here. If You know, if he – gets through the visit and then still goes to Texas, I mean, he, he may see this drag out a little bit longer than probably the coaching staff would like. But if I'm Indiana, I'm feeling really good about my position. I think they have to look at this weekend as an opportunity to just further solidify themselves as uh, being uh, the leader for, for his uh, commitment down the line. Alex, I know you and I have talked about this before, but I like this weekend. I like this time of year. College football is rolling. The basketball season is not far away. And we're actually talking about high school recruiting. Now, I know we're talking about elite-level players here. All of these guys are really good and have lots of options to play uh, elite level of college basketball. But after so much transfer portal talk in the offseason, going back to the spring, the end of the college basketball season, even right through the summer, even later into the summer than maybe what people would expect, it's nice to talk some recruiting and some traditional things about college basketball because so much has changed so fast yeah i mean it definitely feels like it's a topic that more fans are interested in now than they were in the summer uh the the summer recruiting periods feel like they've been diminished in many ways and with the portal and just trying to figure out who's on the roster now it's more kind of in a traditional cycle where you have these fall visits leading up to the the signing period, the early signing period in November. So definitely more interest. And I think from an IU perspective specifically, there's probably a little bit more interest than normal because they don't have any commitments. You know, if they were sitting here with two or three guys already committed and maybe just had a couple players coming on campus where you can kind of finish off the class or one one or two guys they'd like to have. But no, this is a situation where they've got, you know, three kids from Montverde coming in this weekend that I think they would – uh, gladly take commitments from many of those three players. And then you got the, the wing from Arkansas coming in later this month. And then you've also got Boogie Fland, um, who's kind of out there as a potential guy that they want to get on campus again this, this fall before he makes his decision. I mean, these are all these are five players right there that they really want to get. Uh, I think they'd be disappointed if they didn't get at least a couple of them. And so Indiana fans know that, and they're, they know what's been put into this uh, – recruiting class and how much Indiana has, like, I don't want to say riding on it because um, that, that maybe might not be the, the correct way, way to say it, but they know that, a lot, that there's been a lot of effort put into this class and they want to see Indiana be rewarded and, and get some guys' uh, commitment uh, this fall sooner rather than later. The other thing I'll say just, you know, if, if they do strike out or maybe don't land the guys that they want to this fall, the difference now, obviously, in college basketball is you have you do have that that opportunity in the spring where 
you can get a, a guy that decommits, or you can get a you know a late pickup from the portal. And and Indiana's been able to capitalize that on on that in the last couple of years. But I think they just feel a lot better is if they you know can sign at least two or three players uh, in November. Uh, I think fans would as well. I mean, obviously fans are thrilled with adding guys like Mbako and Khalil Ware in the in the spring, but. Man, if you don't have a couple of players signed at least in November and you have to go into the spring again and uh, have to get four or five more players, that just puts a lot of pressure. And at some point, I wonder how sustainable that is long term. Alex Bozich inside the hall with us here on this Thursday edition of the program. His segment presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Got to talk about this with the Big Ten Conference. You had a story at InsideTheHall.com on this, but... The Big Ten is going to keep it at a 20-game conference schedule despite the addition of USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington to the league lineup next season. I know a lot of people wondered how would that work. Would there be more Big Ten games on the schedule? But it's going to stay the same as it is now at 20 per team. Yeah, that was the initial reporting by Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic. and I think she's since come out and clarified which i put an update in the story that it's not set in stone so to speak so maybe she spoke on that uh, prematurely but um it, it definitely feels like somebody at the big 10 told her that for her to put that in the story and, and maybe they didn't want it out there yet specifically it, to me it's a pretty fascinating uh topic because right now and we've talked about this before matt with the big 10 schedule you've got 14 teams in a 20-game schedule, you've already got a really unbalanced schedule. You've got seven double plays each year, and then uh, you've got, I think, three home and three away uh, single plays. And in many ways, it's, it's created, to me, a, a regular season championship that's a little bit devalued. Now, if you're going to continue to play 20 games in the regular season, you have an 18-team schedule, just by by virtue of, of how the math would work on that, if every team's going to play each other at least once a year, you're talking about 14 single plays and you're talking about three double plays per year. And Indiana and Purdue are going to play twice every year. So the schedule in many ways is going to be um, very, very unbalanced across the league. And I just don't know how, um, how you figure out an equitable regular season champion if you're playing only 20 games with an 18-team league. To me, personally, I would have liked to see it go up at least two games, maybe four, 22-24. Uh, maybe that takes away you know, a couple of those marquee non-conference games. But to me, I'd rather see more Big Ten games being played uh, and, and have a, you know, a more well-rounded schedule. But it doesn't sound like, at least right now, that that's the direction they're moving in. So it's just... I mean, it's just head-scratching to me that you would have a basketball schedule in which each team was only having to play, um, you know, three opponents twice and everyone else you play once. I mean, in any given year, by luck of the draw, uh, this on the current way the scheduling is being done, there's a lot of, I think, you know, places in the in the standings that are being impacted just by scheduling. When you talk about adding four more teams in, into the list, I think it becomes an even bigger problem. So I just really think it devalues the regular season in the Big Ten in terms of the actual champion. 
And, uh, you know, I don't know what the solution is other than trying to up the game, but it doesn't sound like that's the path that Big Ten wants to go. Alex Bozich inside the hall with us Thursdays on the program. Uh, Alex, as we part, I know that you focus on basketball, but any IU football thoughts with the IU-Indiana State game set for this weekend now that you've seen the Hoosiers in action against Ohio State? I thought the defense looked pretty good. Um, Obviously, offensively, there's just not any trust at this point in the quarterback to – to, to throw the ball, and I, I don't know um, how quickly that, that's going to come about. Uh, you may see, again, this weekend some, some pretty vanilla things from IU because I think a lot of, obviously it's a game they want to win, but I think a lot is probably being put into the game next weekend against Louisville up in uh, Indianapolis. I think that's going to be the first true test of where uh, this team stands. You know, nobody expected them to beat Ohio State. They were competitive least defensively for most of that game uh, this weekend. Uh, it would seem to be a great opportunity for them to, to get a little confidence and get a win, but I think a lot of uh, we'll get a lot more answers maybe about where this team is when they go up to Lucas Oil next weekend and play Louisville. I think that'll be a, a very interesting game. Louisville obviously beat Georgia Tech in its first game and kind of a tale of two halves for them, playing really poorly in the first and then coming on in the second half. But Jeff Bombs really had Indiana's number uh, for several years now, dating back to his days at Purdue. So I think it's going to be a tough game for Indiana. But I think defensively you have to be encouraged by what they showed in that first week. But offensively still a long, long way to go with kind of two inexperienced quarterbacks and, and really no confidence right now, at least from the coaching staff, to, to let them throw the ball. Kind of limits your ceiling, I think, offensively as a team when you're relying on, on running the option like they did as much against Ohio State. Yeah, good point. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, thanks for the chat. Look forward to catching up with you this fall as the season draws closer. Absolutely, Matt. Thank you. Have a great rest of your week. Absolutely. Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. They've got two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. And I had this uh, up earlier and and lost it or did not uh, say it during the opening segment. But, uh, you know, obviously Indiana football with a great connection to the Mallory family over the years. He was a success at Indiana and uh, obviously a big part of the history of Indiana football. Mike Schumann, our friend from the Daily Hoosier, he put this out earlier. There will be at least three generations of Mallory's at Friday night's game. Uh, Ellie, who's the wife of Bill, will be there. Her son, Kurt, of course, is the head coach of Indiana State football. And then James Mallory, I did not realize this, but James Mallory, Kurt's son, he's a wide receiver, wears number 81 for Indiana State. And I know Coach Mallory said earlier this week that Indiana is going to honor his father's 1993 team uh, during or before the game Friday night. And, of course, the 93 team was Bill Mallory's last bowl team at Indiana. And I didn't realize this either. I guess maybe I did, but had forgotten. Kurt Mallory, a very young Kurt Mallory, was a graduate assistant on the IU football staff for that 93 bowl team of Coach 
Bill Mallory. So I think it's a great game. Uh, love to see the in-state schools get a chance to play, you know, at Assembly Hall or at Memorial Stadium for football. And it's neat when, especially, you can draw the connections and uh, between the coaches or the the programs like that. So uh, good stuff all the way around. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back to take a real early look at high school basketball here in the area. Steve Kerberg, former head and assistant coach across southern Indiana, is going to join us to talk about some early storylines. Stay with us for that. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Thursday edition of the program. It's never too early here in Southern Indiana to talk high school basketball. We love it. We appreciate the rivalries. We've got great coaches locally, always a hotbed of talent, and this year should be a lot of fun. Steve Kerberg, former head coach at Christian Academy. He's been an assistant over the years at Jeffersonville and New Albany. He's a respected voice when it comes to basketball here in the region. He's going to join us this season on a weekly basis to recap the hoops scene locally, and I thought, why not? I had an opening today. Why not go ahead and talk uh, some high school basketball here early on? Coach, great to have you with us. You've joined the show a number of times as a head coach at Christian Academy, but uh, great to welcome you on as a voice, an opinion, and uh, someone that knows a lot about the game. Yeah, man, it's been a while, but I'm I'm glad to be on today, and uh, it is never too early to talk about basketball. This is... uh... I mean, I think it's an exciting season. I mean, uh, look, looking forward to a lot of the uh, teams that can make runs this year and some of the new coaching hires. And uh, there's, it just seems to be a little extra excitement around this season coming up. Yeah, no question. Coach, I want to start with this, and you've got a good read on this uh, over all the years you've been a coach here locally. But a few years ago, the IHSA made a change where coaches can have two practices, two two-hour practices in a, a week period uh, that basically there's no um, regulations. They can have full-out practices. They can work on offenses and defenses and put in plays. And that's something that back when you first got going was absolutely a no-no. You were relegated to open gyms or working with small groups at a time. So these are very valuable months. I know the focus right now is on fall sports and high school football locally, but behind the scenes, coaches are figuring out a lot about their teams for the upcoming season right now. Yeah, I think it's very valuable, especially for a new coach coming in, to be able to put in a system this early. Um, but but for me, I, I like to use it to um, really concentrate on on maybe the small details, really focus on some details and get sharp on some things that um, can help you cut down nets and win championships. Uh, it's a, I, I look at it as like a, it, it does lengthen the season in some ways, but you get so much more value out of uh, a controlled time like that instead of just open gym. Now, you can get, you can get some benefits out of open gym conditioning and just being able to evaluate guys and, and different things, but 
but being able to really work specifically on the things that you think will will make your team better right now and be and, and you just come into the season sharper and um i, I think it's uh, it also shortened the summer a little bit so i think it's a, a win for everybody in that regard Talking with Steve Kerberg, he'll be with us throughout the high school basketball season, breaking things down from a local perspective. Coach, let's look ahead to the upcoming season. I guess really before we do that, let's talk about the coaching carousel here that we've been through this offseason. A handful of new guys taking over some key programs in the area, and that starts with Jason Jones, who most recently coached out in Kansas. He takes over for Jim Shannon at New Albany, and Fonzo White comes from the Fort Wayne area down to Floyd Central to take over the Highlanders. That, that alone uh, is just exciting to see to be able to see how those programs go forward. I, I had the honor to coach with Coach Shannon for a couple years, and uh, consider him to be a great friend. Um, so that that was a, an honor for me to work with a future Hall of Famer. But uh, Coach Jones is coming into a New Albany is just a special place to coach. Uh, the fan base, the facilities. Um, they have they have a group of uh, of young players that could. Um, I, I feel like they they have a group of players that can play with anybody on a given night. So it'll be really neat to see how they put that together. I'm, I'm not as uh, familiar with the personnel at Floyd Central, you know, coming in this year, but uh, I know Coach uh, White. He's been doing a good job with the uh, with the young kids. It looks like at a distance, getting the program rolling, and um, man, that, that that's going to be a fun a fun sectional. Yeah, definitely. Steve Kerberg with us talking about some of the coaching changes. And, Coach, let's get into the upcoming season. Obviously, I think after the June Summer League activity uh, here locally that it's clear Jeffersonville returns a lot of talent. The Red Devils should be one of the front runners in the area. And then Providence, under the direction of Coach Miller, we know that he does a solid job year in and year out. I think Providence has a chance to be really good as well. Noah Lovin is going to be their key player. Well, well, first Jeffersonville, um, Coach Wilkerson has done a great job there. And uh, I know the Jeffersonville fan base has got to be excited about this group of juniors. Um, I believe four juniors will be starting this year, the same same four sophomores that started last year. And uh, those guys can play, man. And uh, I, I just think that, that he's put them through. Uh, man, they played some of the top teams in, in Indiana and Louisville last year during the season and all summer. I'm a big believer in uh, playing the best competition you can play to prepare yourselves um, because to make a run, you have to go through some talented teams in Evansville and Bloomington and, of course, the Indianapolis uh, area. So uh, I think he's doing he's done the right thing with those with those young guys playing a tough, tough schedule. And uh, Coach uh, Coach Miles up there, he's my, 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 my great friend. I just talked to him earlier today. I know they're excited about the season. Pro- Providence, uh, I, I believe – Personally, I believe they have one of the best coaching staffs in the state, uh, one of the best coaches in the state. Um, but, but man, they, they, they do have a great team. I got to see them this summer, and I could not believe uh, they looked like it was March during the summer when I saw them play Mel this summer. And um, defense, defensively, the way they shut Mel down was just, man, I, I wanted more people to see it. It was, it was impressive. But to get to, you know, for them to get to, I guess you could kind of say uh, go round three against Brownstown this year. I know they got them two years ago, and then Brownstown won last year. But uh, Coach Benter and then his son, I mean, that, that's a 
tough out for anybody, but Providence can make a run this year. Jeffersonville can make a run this year. Um, Scott, Scottsburg, I mean, man, man they, they've got a lot back from last year. Silver Creek's got a lot of young talent, uh, very, very good young talent. Uh, sometimes I hate mentioning teams because you forget a lot of other teams, but um, but I think all levels this year, one, two, three, and 4A, you have teams that can make a deep run. Christian Academy's got a lot of their team back this year. Um, Joshua Renfro is a great, great player um, locally. Um, just picked up his first scholarship offer yesterday. But Borden, um, um, Coach Nash, and his son will be back this year. And then uh, South Central will be a really solid team this year that can make a make a run too. Yeah, we're set up for a really good area. Steve, you got me all excited after that little preview. I wish the season started this weekend. Unfortunately, we've got a little bit of time. But, Steve, thanks for being with us. Look forward to having you back on a weekly basis as the season draws closer. And always glad to talk hoops with you, my friend. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you for your show and all that you do. Thank you very much. Coach Kerberg, he'll be with us this high school basketball season. That's going to wrap things up for the Thursday show. Remember, no Friday show, but back with you Monday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>